Thanks for listening to the ODI podcast, covering inspiring stories of data use and impacts around the world. This is one in a series of podcasts about standards as part of our research and development program. I'm Anna Scott, and today I'm joined by Tim McGar, Market Development Manager of Standards Development at the British Standards Institution. Tim McGar, thank you very much for joining us. If you could just start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about the organisation you work for. Okay. So my name, as I say, is Tim McGar. My role is about um, getting newer areas of digital standards going. So I focus on things like blockchain, big data, internet of things, artificial intelligence, virtual reality. It's very much about... So bringing together different groups of stakeholders to work out what their need for standards is and then sort of get, getting them all um, going. Uh, so in terms of BSI, so it's the uh, British Standards Institution. So we're set up under Royal Charter and got the role from government as the UK national standards body. And so effectively what we're doing is developing national standards and taking the UK uh, voice from our committees into developing European standards through CNC and international standards through ISO and IC. So it's very much the role of um, bringing people together, getting the UK voice in and trying to get sort of standards developed primarily globally when we're talking about the digital area. So in terms of how we do it, it's very much along the lines of um, the UK government's open standards principles and um, WTO rules. So it's kind of, from my perspective, there's, there's three pillars that we uh, work to. So everything's developed in Sort of committees of stakeholders. So we will bring together whoever is relevant for area. So it can be technical bodies, it can be engineers, it can be consumer groups, it can be academia, it can be whoever is relevant. And they sort of work together to develop the standards, which are all documents of best practice. Uh, it's an entirely open process, it's free to be involved. All the standards are developed on the, the second pillars are all developed on the basis of consensus, so getting a general agreement. And finally, they all go for public comment, so anyone can feed in, it's free to feed in. And all, everything that is fed in is reviewed and incorporated if necessary. So to sort of summarise, the whole process is it's open, it's um, transparent, and it's very, uh, very easy to get involved with. And for those who don't know BSI, this is more than just data standards, isn't it? So what kind of other standards do you work on? So we've got a lot of standards. So effectively we work in um, every single sector and a vast, vast range of standards. So, and people get very uh, hung up on what standards mean. So I mean, for me, it's a standard is a document that defines best practice in a particular area. So that could be everything from you know, how do you discover data around um, the Internet of Things, developing a framework for organisations in terms of data protection. It could be how do you test a crash helmet. It can be... Um, what's the ethics around robotics and sort of everything in between. And it comes down to sort of um, more information technology standards. I think there are roughly about um, 3,000 that we have in the portfolio, most of which are international because you know, it's a very international sector. And probably about 600 of those are either being updated or revised at any point in time. Um, and, yeah, so that's probably the main things. And have you worked on much community-led standards work? In some ways, they all are, because um, for, for all the standards, what you would do, so a lot of what I'm doing is get out there, uh, meeting people, working out what they all need. And so for, all, for our standards, you have to get everyone involved, everyone incorporated and bought into it. And that, that means, you know, whether that's consumer groups, whether that's um, SMEs, whether that's government or, or even the, the big corporates. So, for example, some of the work we have around 
data protection or privacy, crossover with legislation that's coming through, but also lots of consumer groups who are very concerned about that and want to make sure that it, it, people's rights aren't run roughshod over. Similarly for the work we did around the Hypercat projects and the Internet of Things, it's about bringing together lots of SMEs and a few big, big firms to work together for something that, that meet, met all their needs. And what kind of messages do you think resonate with people who might want to be involved in standards mm. but don't know about them yet or don't understand them? I think, for me, it's, it's about having a conversation with, with people individually, obviously, which doesn't scale, but um, from, different, from different people and different perspectives, they have different reasons to get involved. So sometimes the large corporates will have entire teams who work on standards and nothing else. Sometimes it's someone in the role. And they have to see that there's a value for their organisation in getting best practice out there. Equally for the SMEs, they have to see there's value for them in terms of making sure there's a market for their products and services and that it is meeting particularly the constraints of time because you know, they have many other things to do. Equally for consumer groups, they have to see that there's a value in terms of changing what's happening in the market. For academics, they have to see there's value in terms of taking what they know and what they've found and getting it into standards. So it's, each person has a different perspective on what they want to get from it. One of the things that I try and say to people is you don't have to get involved in, in the committee and come along, to, to, whether it's our offices or elsewhere. You can feed in at any stage. You can see what's going on. And, you know, what meets your requirements, what meets the time you've got is what's important. And when's the standard finished, in your view? Never. <laughs> so... so so basically, it depends on the standards. So each of them works on a particular time scale. So we will try and develop a standard that is, that is particularly a framework so it doesn't constrain what an organisation or industry is trying to do. So once a standard is published, which can take you know, 18 months, it can be you know, three or four years, depending on the, on the track it's going down, they'll always be reviewed again and revised, and they need to be regularly updated. And we'll you know, having various discussions about how we can make that even quicker. I think it's trying to get this right sort of balance whereby you have standards that are current, but equally they don't change so much so people can't keep them up to date because they do change too much. Organisations get um, end up with using different versions of standards, which then, you know, particularly if you're talking about interoperability, it means it doesn't work. So it's trying to get that, that balance of, um, of updating them enough, but not too much. And given your sort of holistic view of standards in general, what would you say would be the best incentives for adopting them? Is it sort of carrot or stick? Definitely carrot. For, for us, all our standards are voluntary. Very, very infrequently they're referenced in legislation. It's more of a stick. I think that from a personal perspective, I think there's much more value if an organisation or organisation or individual or whatever takes on the standard and says, this is going to help us achieve our objectives and there are good reasons to do it. Um, so, for example, our standards around cybersecurity, you know, it's going to protect your organisation, it's going to give confidence in, for, your, for your customers and you know, for, for regulators, rather than being pushed down where people will take an approach of, we have to do this, we have to tick a few boxes, which I don't think quite works. I think if you sort of talk to organisations about the fact that you know, standards will help them develop innovative products, it will help them, um, for particularly for smaller firms competing with large companies, it will help them, help them interoperate, which then you know, reduce costs, make things quicker, increase its quality. Those are the kind of things that I think lead to sort of better outcomes rather than pushing people into using standards. And are those messages things that BSI puts out yes. as well as other things? I mean, we, we, do, we do try and push the perspective that you know, standards are entirely voluntary. It's an entirely open process. We want people to be involved. There's no 
cost to be involved in our standards process. So it's free to be part of the meetings. We try and work, we have people who work very hard to get a right to stakeholders around the table. It's free to feed in. The only cost is people's time. So where we do sort of cross over with more with regulations, we're trying to help organisations put a framework in to interpret that rather than saying you have to do this because it's kind of two levels. You have to follow legislation, you have to follow regulation. Standards are voluntary and sometimes standards will help you work with regulation and legislation. And the benefits themselves, who do you think articulates the benefits the best? Obviously it's sort of industry by industry, but are there any examples of, of really good messaging around the benefits of adopting standards that you can think of? One document that's probably worth uh, referencing, so about four years ago now, we did a very large study called the Economic Benefits of Standards, which is a huge report. So it's um, a macroeconomic study and it's got interviews, I think about sort of six or seven hundred organisations. It goes very much into depth of for you know, what broadly what are the economic benefits of, benefits of standards and by sector, so like the IT or the construction sector, what are the benefits, you know, for example, the information technology sector, the big benefit is about you know, helping um, innovation, it's about helping interoperability and that's a good source, source to go to. Also in terms of the benefits of standards, what we're trying to do is ensure that's articulated at the beginning, so within you know, setting up, setting up the scope of the standards, setting up who's involved, because you have to, for, as I say, for all those parties on the table, they, they have to see benefits themselves in getting involved. And if you don't try and articulate that, then you won't take it forward. So a lot of the work I've got going around, say, you know, around you know, blockchain, there's a whole series of international standards around blockchain. And these are very much about, so I did a research report around the need for standards in, in blockchain, and the kind of things where there is a desire to get standards because some of it will work itself out so around things like you know, security, governance, privacy, some of the crossover with like smart contracts on the legal side. So making sure that there are, that particularly when you get into the business sector and outside the, um, sort of the proof of concept side, people will accept these technologies and see there is benefits to them to taking them up beyond the current sort of bubble that's happening. Brilliant. Well, I think that's all we need. Okay. Um, so Tim Agar, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the ODI podcast, covering inspiring stories of data use and impacts around the world. This is one in a series of podcasts about standards as part of our research and development programme.